There is only one thing on this earth more powerful than evil, and that's us. Hi guys, this is Claire Kramer, aka the Great Glorificus, and you are listening to the Buffy Back Issue Bed. Welcome to the Buffy Back Issue Bin, the show where we go through all of the Buffy and Angel comics that are canon chronologically. I'm Zach. I'm Emily. And that's the last time I get to say that, I guess, because it's not going to be true next week. Yeah. We're still going to talk to you if you want to listen to us. Yeah, that was the plan. But yeah, as of right now... That's the plan. We are totally, totally in control of that plan. I suppose. Yeah, as of right now, we will be all caught up on everything that counts as canon. What happens next... Well, come back next week and find out. Wow. Cliffhanger. Well, I mean, we've already said what we're doing next week. It's going to be a retrospective one. But what's after that, we'll announce next week. Double cliffhanger. (laughs) (laughs) We continue Angel Season 11, written by Karina Becco and Zay Carlos. Still a cool name. It is a very cool name. For some reason, we're not drinking during this episode, but we kind of recommend you do. No, I would never recommend that. One of us would never recommend that. For those of you who don't remember, because we're starting in the middle of an arc, give a quick refresher. Angel had a vision that involved some bugs, him killing someone, and an evil flower. And then when trying to figure out what this vision was, Angel and Fred went to go stop a poltergeist, which then Fred turned into Illyria, said that something from another world was trying to break through the barriers, which, you know, doesn't work in this new world of magics with the super strong barrier and she decided to go time traveling with angel to fix this if that doesn't make sense to you that's okay it doesn't really make sense to us either and it doesn't really impact what happens in these next six issues (laughs) I i just wanted to throw that out there as a reminder of why this doesn't work at all Oh, also they went back in time and found Angelus and Darla, and then Illyria threw them off of a pirate ship, and now they're going to burn to death in the sun. You also forgot the whole part where we went back to Illyria's past and dealt with some issues back there. We don't need to recap. Go back two episodes. Anyway, so <laughs> we are now in the midst of the pirate ship debacle. The, the There's two ships, actually. So there's the civilian ship and the pirate ship. We're on the civilian ship, but it's on fire, and also these weird beetles have started to turn all of the humans that they can attack into zombies, but they can only attack your forehead. So if you cover that up with a thin strip of cloth, you're fine. What's funny about this is last time we were like, they're not zombies, they're just more bugs. They actually become zombies this time. Yes. But it's nice that, you know, we actually get that visual indication. So much like we just did, Fred recaps everything for us, just in case you're picking up this issue for the first time. And she goes, hey, Angelus and Darla are going to die in a couple of hours because they're in a lifeboat with no oar. And however, will they avoid the sun? Go under the boat, just swim under the water. We've established that, you know, vampires could live kind of in, I don't, I'm not going to say indefinitely, but they'll be fine underwater. For a little while. I mean, to get Angel down to a sub in World War II, they just strapped some weights to his feet and dropped him. Yeah. He's fine. Just do that. Get a rock. Yeah, I'm not really that concerned about Angelus and Darla, and neither is Angel, so that's good. No. He's like, we're in much more trouble on the burning boat that's full of zombies. So pirates are killing civilians, Angel and Fred are running around, Angel recaps everything that last time. Because we're reliving Angel's past, remember? Yeah. The ship went down, the bug went with it, because I guess he knew the bug existed last time. Yeah, weird. And they need to try and make sure that these ships don't make it to land, because they have all the bugs on them, and they will infest the entire world, and everyone will become a zombie. 
Right. So this is kind of a problem because the whole point of going back to this ship was to try to save the people on the ship. But now we've just either killed them with pirates or turned them into zombies. So we have succeeded in not saving anybody. The captain of the civilian ship goes up to Angel and rightly calls him Angelus because, you know, why would he know him as Angel? The captain asks Angel for help. Angel corrects him. He's like, yeah, um, don't call me Angelus. Call me Angel. And a fight with zombies ensues to take control of the ship. The captain immediately is killed by a beetle, becomes a zombie in his own right, and, you know, a fight ensues, as it does. Yeah, never mind the fact that there's fire everywhere, which isn't great. So the fire is destroying the ship. Fred disappears. Angel doesn't know what happened to her. Which, the art makes it look as confusing as I'm sure it would be, actually, if you were on board there. So, I'm cool with the confusing art. Angel is standing down three zombies who are about to attack him. One of them is on fire, leaps at Angel in the air. What's gonna happen to him? We don't know, because he literally disappears in the next panel. Yes. Not a page turn, just a flaming zombie jumps at Angel, and he's gone. I guess he jumps over Angel? That's my best guess. Anyway. And then something happens to the... It's re- I was staring at this page, just going, what happened? How does this work? Because for some reason, the ship is throwing everyone overboard. Yes. Like they've hit a rock. Yes. Angel flies over the edge as well, because we're doing that for some reason, is at the end of his rope, because he's literally at the end of a rope. Yep. Only to be pulled up by Illyria, who says that she punched two holes at the bottom of the ship, which I guess made it suddenly stop and throw everyone. Yeah, but the whole point was to sink that ship, and Angel's like, great, so let's go get on the pirate ship to escape, and she goes, oh no, I did the same thing to the pirate ship too. So both ships are sunk at this point. So we did a really good job of killing everybody on board both ships again. Fred and Angel escape. In another lifeboat? Yeah, to a little dinghy. Angel grabs a table so he can shield himself from the sun, kind of, and, you know, much like last time, Fred and Illyria just switch places hither and thither. Illyria becomes Fred again, and Fred gets into the boat. As we see the sun start to rise, and Angel shields himself with the table. Yeah, the table is not very big. What's really funny is we see a bunch of shots of Angel. I guess only the top half of his body is flammable. Yeah, because... We can literally see that, like, his legs are fully exposed, and yeah, you could make the argument that no skin is exposed. We see, like, vampires in the daylight if they're covered up, but they're still usually smoking, so I can't imagine this is an all-day solution. No, it's weird. But we do find out that Angel can smell land. That's a new thing. Did we know that before? He's always had enhanced senses. Yeah, that's true, I guess. But he's like, yeah, don't worry about a compass. I can smell land. And also, I vaguely remember that there was a little island. So let's go towards that little island. Because they have a war, which is helpful. Yeah. And as Angel is, you know, covering himself with his tiny table, all of a sudden, the zombies board the boat. Because apparently... They were following them the whole time, and no one noticed a sea of zombies swimming towards them. Yes. Okay, here's another question that I have. How did they come from the front of the boat and not the back? That's, that's they a liter- valid question. They literally wa- swam around the entire boat to get to the front of it. That's a valid question. My other question was, why is Angel trying to shield himself with a table when he can put most of himself under water and solve this problem? Or just take his coat off and cover his face. Yes, all of the above. So, the zombies... Try to get in the little boat. Um, These zombies are also apparently Jesus because they're literally walking on water. Fred starts fighting back. And Angel jumps in the water to fight back? Yes. Yeah. He also just gets rid of his coat for some reason and doesn't care about the sunlight and just starts fighting zombies. I guess the water (laughs) makes him not smoke? I'm not sure. And then out of nowhere, the little dinghy starts going really fast with a slish. And we see the angels using it like a paddleboard, like he's just learning how to swim baby's first time and is propelling the boat 
very quickly away from the zombies. Like they get They're just like in a little mob, like shaking their fists from like, the water. <laughs> like fifty feet away. Like Angel can kick, apparently. Evidently. But he okay, I I do appreciate this. He does show signs of burns on his hands and on his face. So I feel good about that, that at least it's not at least we're not pretending that he's totally unscathed by this. But then he's like, Well, since we started this, I'm just gonna keep on pushing us towards an island. So Yeah, Fred's like, I'll row and Angel goes, No need and just starts kicking. Yeah, he like pops back underwater. <laughs> Which so begs stupid. the question of, A, why was he so worried about Angelus and Darla in the first place, if that is his solution? And B, why didn't he just do this from the minute that they left the boat then? Angel became an outboard motor. Yes, he Fantastic. did. Fantastic. Evidently he's good at it, though, so. Yeah. Kudos to him. Um, but not that good, because the zombies are right on top of them, because, you know, they have varying speeds of swimming. And they arrive at an island. But not just any island. A volcanic island. There's a panel where they're just getting on the island, and Angel asks, you okay? And Fred goes, just a little waterlogged. Wouldn't that make more sense if it were the other way around? Yeah. She's been sitting in a dry boat the whole time. I yeah. mean, yeah, she's probably a little damp, but... Yeah, I feel like you should have switched the script on that one. Or in this case, just threw the script out. Anyway. They don't have much of a reprieve because the other zombies arrive. They start throwing rocks at them, only to find that Angelus and Darla went to the same island. Because evidently it's the only island? Yeah. They choose not to fight... I guess, because the zombies are all attacking. Everyone's whispering to each other, but as we've already established in this arc, heightened senses, so what's the point of the whispering? Yeah, and basically Darla's like, that looks just like you. They're like, it can't be. And they somehow know that Fred is also Illyria. Well, she looks the same, just not blue. She does. Dabba-dee-dabba-dee. But nobody else seems to make that connection. It's kind of the Superman thing. So why would they be able to figure it out? This goes back to your same thing about you have to be consistent. Yeah. Give me the rules. Can't break them. Yeah. Angel and Fred climb up onto a ledge with Angelus and Darla. Fred, without looking, snatches a bug out of the air that's coming from behind her, squishes it, and says that Actually, it Actually, was... it says squish. Which is a gross sound, but I enjoyed it. And it was, she says, it was heading right for Darla. How do you know that? Also. You literally did it without looking and just kind of snagged it like, boom, done. Also, she says, which made me think, do we know that they can't hurt you just because you're already dead? It was such a weird and confusing thing that got brought up. And actually, then I started thinking about it and I was like, that would be a really interesting twist if they could actually attack the vampires, but then we literally don't deal with it at all. So you wanted more vampires? That's what you're telling me? Well, I at least wanted something like, I didn't like that they brought it up in one panel, and then we have a whole fight where the bugs are everywhere, and nobody's foreheads are protected, and nobody gets infected, and then it just never happens. Angel, yeah. A fight ensues, Angel yells out, they're targeting their attacks, and Fred starts talking to herself. Of course they're targeting their attacks. Targeting their attacks. Targeting their attacks. Whatever can I do this? Aha! I have a plan. She turns into Illyria, who then just blows up the volcano. What does that have to do with targeting their attacks? Evidently. What are you talking about? Because Illyria squashed the volcanic power in her time, she then could raise the volcano in a different time. But I'm still not sure it's the same volcano, but it might be. But I didn't get the sense that it was. I thought it was just... No, I don't care. I'm not going to double check. It's fine. It's all fine. So the volcano explodes. Everyone's about to die. So Illyria... Time hops them. Again. It's fine. But all four of them. Yeah. And Jealous and Darla come with them. What's going to happen? How is time traveling with everyone going to be together? Will there be fighting? How will they deal with it? Just bear in mind that was two issues. So, quick. Yeah. How do they deal with it? Angel and Darla fall out of the time stream. I guess they land somewhere fine. Don't worry about it. I know. (laughs) 
That's resolved very quickly. They fall next to some sheep. I guess, yeah. They could eat the sheep. We're not really that concerned about them because we end up on the same island just a couple days later because Luna's tired. It's not the same island. They're, yeah, a couple days later and slightly in a different spot than they were before. Oh, so a different island. Okay. Yeah, doesn't really matter. We're in a similar predicament. Fred and Illyria can now communicate again, which is fine because they could seem to be able to do that before. Right. But, you know, this season they lost that ability. I appreciate that they can communicate it really cuts down on the amount of exposition that we have to have between the two and then we have our necessary time travel argument and the butterfly effect and we start i think the book forgot what it was about like we need to protect the future and get everything back to the way it was but the whole point of leaving was to try to figure out why this the, vision happened why the vision happened and why the poltergeists were fleeing from something and fred just looks at this bird and she goes oh you see like that's probably an extinct species of bird we could bring it into the future but that might screw things away we could never understand and then angel out of nowhere just goes if angelus is never created none of the rest can ever happen it comes out of nowhere Okay, it doesn't come out of nowhere. It I, I 100% see where it kind does. of got there, but it doesn't make any sense because there's so many things. You can't just stop Angelus from being created. That affects so many things in the world. Yeah. Angel- and it, like, Angel has saved so many, so many people's lives. So what happens if you take away Angelus and then Angel? You're giving the book more credit than I think it deserves because for me, that was just totally out of left field. Like, hey, we have to preserve the future. Well, Angelus should never be born. <laughs> what? Yeah, no, none of it makes okay, sense. Okay, cool. So Fred turns back into Illyria, and Illyria's like, you're stupid, and we're going to go back to the present. And they scry the aunts just to make sure that... I was just going to skip that because that has nothing to do with anything. Well, yeah, but, you know. Anyway, they use the scrying bowl, and they scry the aunts just to be like, hey, what's up? And we find them shopping. They want to know if anything drastic has changed since their last adventure with the pirate ship. Is that how time travel works? You can just ask people what's changed? Well, they don't... Okay, here's the weird part. They don't ask the aunts what's changed, but the aunts seem to know that they're not in their own time zone. So, or time dimension, I don't know. So it's all a weird thing because they're like, we don't want to ask them directly. Maybe we'll find out some clues from talking to them. I'm like, I don't... Either you ask them or you don't, but... Yeah, it doesn't... It's just odd. Because it's not like saying, hey, we time-traveled is going to really affect people that you're talking to. Who are magical anyway. Yeah, whatever. And the short answer is, they never find out if anything changed. They found out that a hotel in Dublin collapsed. The hotel that they're working at. Sorry. But then that's going to be fine pretty soon, so don't worry about it. Doesn't... I was just going to skip those pages because they contribute nothing. Illyria's like, I don't care. We have to go back to make sure that we don't ruin the future anymore that we already have. Opens up a portal to time travel again. Angel joins her. And then apparently, because he can, you know, think really hard, the magic was in him the whole time, brings himself back to right before he was turned into Angelus. So kind of like how Illyria hijacked the portal the first time they tried to time travel, now Angel hijacked the portal. It's like, hey, you got to try and fix one of your mistakes if you did it and it worked out fine. And now I need to save the future from my biggest regret. And as soon as he says that... A little prissy man walks on by, and Angel chases after him. Oh no, my biggest regret. It's really weird. I didn't get that. Okay, I understood what his biggest regret is. We're back in Dublin while while Angel is still Liam. Yeah. Well, he was talking about his biggest regret, and then this guy walks by, and he goes, Oh no, how is this your biggest regret? Yeah. Random guy. Random blonde guy. Side note, it's not his biggest regret. That guy just happened to walk by. It's very confusingly 
coordinated between the art and the and the script. Anyway, then Darla walks by. Yeah, Angel goes, oh no, Darla kills him. How do you know this? How do you know that it was Darla? Why do you care about this one guy? As I think his plan, it is not explained, just so we're clear. But Angel finds himself on a rooftop looking down on Darla, and I think his plan was that he was going to try to kill Darla. I think he was just going to try and stop her. Yeah, maybe. I don't before, know. Before, it's not explained. Like, it's really not. That was that was my assumption, was he was going to try to kill Darla so that she could not turn anybody else. Oh, by the way, we're back to the original series artist, Geraldo Borges, and he'll be there for the rest of the time. Sorry I didn't mention that. I appreciate it, though. As Angel's about to dive onto Darla and save this young man for some reason fred tackles him off a roof yeah so fred should get there fred's new thing how did we get on the roof at all either of them fred's new thing is that she's gonna stop angel at all costs from trying to change the past but instead of using Illyria to do it she just uses fred yeah that is helpful but yet somehow fred is super strong right now so she can do things like knock angel off a building (laughs) i can live with pushing someone off a building i can deal less with being fine falling off a building fred just gets up she's like all right i'm cool angel walks away he's like you can't stop me from doing this we have a chance to fix the past and Illyria comes back and she's like yeah i can bitch say that part we fought many times and guess who's won every single time Illyria. yeah and angel's like fine then kill me right now and they glare at each other and then they don't kill him and he walks away only to be stopped by his father (gasps) who's like liam you are wearing weird clothing and you have bad morals Okay, I feel like his dad does not dwell on his appearance nearly enough. Because yeah, because like, I saw you a couple hours ago, you had long hair, not wearing leather, and I'm going to see you again in another hour, and you're back to long hair, sans leather. Yeah, it's all over the place. I mean, like, you trimmed your beard, and I'm still getting used to it. Yeah, well, I needed it. But yes, but if you showed up in old-timey clothing, I would have a much harder time getting used to that than just, like, casually being like, you're wearing weird clothes, but let's not talk about it. And while Angel's father is berating him, you're like, this guy sucks. Yeah, we can see why Angel and his father didn't really get along, because Angel's like, Father, I'm sorry, and he's like, I don't want to hear that you're sorry, and Angel's like, well, maybe if you weren't so hard on me, which is also a weird thing to say at that moment Yeah. to your father that you know that you end up killing very quickly. But as Angel walks away in shame, he hears a young girl ask him to stay, and he turns around to see his rarely mentioned sister, but, you know, she is a thing. Yeah, her name is Kathy. Um, Have you noticed also that most of the old-timey people are wearing the same color? They're all wearing that odd rose color. Darla wears it, Kathy wears it, and the guy that we thought was Angel's biggest regret wears it. <laughs> <laughs> and they either wear that or like this bottle green or black. There's three colors in the olden times. And the father walks away with Angel's sister. He's like, oh no, you won't corrupt her too. Like, we live in the same house. I mean, not this version of Angel, but still. Yeah, and he really doesn't dwell on where Angel got his clothes from. So Angel has a sad flashback of his father who liked him back when he was a younger kid, saying that one day Angel will become a fine man, only for Fred to come up behind him and surprise him. Also, Angel's hair goes way up. Yeah. Super spiky. Um, yeah, now apparently, to put your hair up, you have four distinct points and you call it a day. Hmm. It was weird seeing a flashback within a return to his old timeline. It was just an odd, it was fine, but it was just a weird, like, too many layers. And then in a weird out-of-character thing, Fred goes, you can't change this, you've helped so many people, you helped me get out of Pylea, and what about Connor? Connor will never be born, this would kill your son. And Angel just goes, that really be so bad? Look, I know you think it might not be so bad, but... 
don't want Let's stay Connor in character. dead. I just don't want him ever around anything <laughs> ever again. I enjoyed when they sent Connor away to live with a normal family and took away all his memories. I was like, perfect. Keep him there. It's a good place for him. And, and Fred also brings up, you know, you've actually saved the world multiple times. He's like, but would it be so bad? Well, yeah, we have no idea what would happen if you weren't there. Also, we have no idea what you created or what you stopped. Right. It's just, you can't... Even working towards the Shan Shu, all this stuff. It's, he's like, yeah, whatever. You can't play that game. And Fred's like, I don't, I'm feeling kind of tired. I can't really tell, like, how long we've been awake because of time travel. Which is a good point. Is this a phrase? Angel says, we're working on a jag, all right. Not that I've ever heard. Is that an abbreviation for jet lag? We're on a working jag. Like, I, no, that's not what it says. But I, I've heard, like, like, I'm on, like, a cooking jag or something. Like, you're doing a lot of something. You're what? on a jag of it. But that's not what that says there. Yeah, who the hell knows. And Angel says he knows a place where they can, you know. Bed down for the evening. Yeah, where they can roll around in the hay because he just brings her to a barn where he has previously rolled around in the hay. Yeah, but he does mention that the hay is super itchy. Yeah. Fred goes to sleep on the hay only for Angel to go to his sister Kathy's window. And she has a really weird line. She goes, oh, what are you doing out there, you naughty thing? Weird, weird line. And then Angel opens the window, goes inside the house uninvited. Let's just not deal with any rules here. Yeah. And they have this weird thing. He's like, I'm going to miss you. I'm not going to see you forever. And I really appreciate that Kathy was like, yeah, I just saw you like at dinner. And then before that and after that. So and then she goes, here, I'll give you this. So you won't forget me. And she goes to give him the cross. He's like, nah, I can't have that. So at least we're do- dealing with some of the rules of vampires in this. Yeah. But instead she gives Angela a ring that he can put around his watch chain. Oh, old timey times, watch chains. And Angel leaves her window from that house he was never invited into. I'm just going to go with because it was his house, he was at one point invited into it. Nope, doesn't count. Okay, cool. Angel sees himself walking away, presumably from a tavern, because that's what he does. And by sees himself, I mean sees Liam. Yes. Whatever. As a human still? Yeah. Angel turns into a vampire, only to sneak up on Liam to apparently go kill his younger self, because that's his plan now. It doesn't really make any sense, and he also looks very, very demon-like in that. Which is fine. It is, it just, it's just odd. And out of nowhere, midair, Illyria tackles him over a wall, because she says that, you know, Fred was asleep, but Illyria wasn't, and she can't let him kill himself, but not his current self, his younger, so it's weird. But they don't really deal with any of that other than Angel's like, I'm annoyed that you stopped me from my plan. Yeah, so Angel then runs away to go try and kill his younger self again, only for Illyria to open up a portal and try to time travel, only for Angel to stop her from doing it, and they only jump slightly into the future, where Angel returns to his home too late, and his father and sister and mother, I guess, are dead, and probably the servants. Yeah, everybody's dead. And we find out very quickly that there are lights on in the other houses because people have started to figure out Angel and Darla's other victims. Angelus, I guess. Angelus and Darla's other victims. Where does the name Angelus come from out of Liam? Have we ever talked about that? Is it because he has an angelic face? Well, and the other one dealing with the sister, when he goes to kill his father, he says that Kathy had invited him into the house. Maybe that old invitation still counts. I don't know. Because that she thought he had returned to her in Angel. Oh, okay. And Darla's like, Angel's a girly name. Your name's Angelus now. <laughs> it's cooler that way. So to avoid, you know, the angry villagers, because Angel looks like, you know, the murderer that's running around town in Illyria's blue, <laughs> they go back to the barn where Angel starts yelling at her. He's like, you got to change your past. You, we could have let mine be better. 
But out of nowhere, Illyria gives Angel a big ol' hug and just says, you need comfort. It's... If that sounds awkward, it's because it feels awkward. Also, I didn't understand why they're hiding in a barn. I feel like if the villagers were looking for the people that did this, wouldn't they look in places like barns? Yeah. I would. I wouldn't go where things are super flammable if they're carrying torches. No. But anyway, the villagers don't come near their barn, so good, I guess, we for them. We haven't mentioned the most awkward thing, or at least for me what's been the most awkward. Every time it changes from Fred to Illyria, Angel just will go, Hello, Fred. Hello, Illyria. Like, <laughs> nice to see you. Like, the most awkward way possible. Angel doesn't have social graces. No, and every time he's like, this is very hard for me to get used to. Well, it's just the, hello, Fred. Hello, Fred. Hello, Fred. Who says hello that much? Anywho, back to the embrace. Illyria gives him a pep talk that he's going to get them all killed. And Angel gets sad. He's like, I just wish none of this had ever happened. And then Angel goes, sometimes you almost seem, and Illyria feels a human. He goes, no, never that. Which is a weird comment on everybody's side. What was Angel actually trying to say, number one? And number two, what? Then the worst thing happens. Yeah. Then they kiss. Angel goes, is this a good idea? Illyria says, perhaps history can judge. I cannot. I'll judge. It's a stupid f***ing idea. Okay, here's the other thing, too. If you, this is the last page of this issue. If you didn't have the last page of this issue and the first page of the next issue for the first couple pages, this would totally be gone. Like, this doesn't have anything to do with anything else. It's not tied into anything. Nothing comes of it or nothing leads to it. I've always had a weird thing because we don't deal with it a lot. Like, they had that with Spike a little bit with, like, Spike kissing Illyria. But I could see why Illyria did it in that case a little bit because it was trying to, like, refocus him. Mm -hmm. But I've never really, I don't know, bought the idea of Illyria as a sexual being. I always kind of just look at her as asexual. Like, she was a god. Well, and that's how she plays it most of the time. Yeah, it seems like such a non-starter for her. I never really consider Illyria to be sexual in any way, shape, or form. And some of the non-canon stuff, she tried to have sex with Connor so she could have, like, powerful babies, but we don't deal with that because that didn't happen anymore. But even so, that makes more sense to me for Illyria to be, like, procreation with a purpose. Versus, you need comfort, let's have sex. And also, Angel is very upset about the fact that his family all died again at Angelus's mouth. I was going to say hands, but mouth. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, And he's like really broken up about this. And then Illyria kisses him and he's like, Priorities just changed, baby. Sounds great. Yeah, let's do that instead. They're just talking about like how, you know. The fate of the world rests the on fate his of hands. The world. And then he's like, his oh. Dead sister. And then they have sex. This is dumb. It is. But they wake up. Angel's nose is really big. Well, earlier he did say that he had a good nose for smelling things. I guess so. Unrelated. Angel wakes up in the hay and says, Hey, Illyria, we should probably talk about last night. But instead it's Fred, who apparently was aware of the entire sexual encounter. And is just laying there glaring at him side-eye. Wouldn't you then, wouldn't you move? Like, wouldn't you go somewhere? Wouldn't you not just be laying there right next to him? It's a, the barn is not huge, but it's spacious enough that you don't have to be there right next to him when you wake up. Like, you could move, but she doesn't. That's fine, I guess. Whatever. And then things get weird. Friends like, I'm upset, but I'm not because, you know, I used to have a crush on you. And then you had sex with the thing that killed me. And, well, she doesn't actually say sex. She says, and now you're dating the thing. It's like, they're dating now? I don't feel good about that. I miss that. I actually feel worse about them dating. Yeah, don't. I don't feel good about that. I also... Just say that they banged. It's fine. I don't feel good about any of that, but... <laughs> I can't, Actually, when I say it's fine, I mean the opposite of that. <laughs> it's terrible and wrong. I just... 
I, oh, it just feels so awkward and terrible. And Fred's like, let's not deal with that right now because we need to go save the world. That's more important. I'm more concerned with just how out of character it is for everyone, especially Illyria. It's out of character for Illyria and Angel and Fred because Fred has a really weird react. I mean, I don't know how you would have a normal reaction to that, but like. So whatever. Illyria comes back because Fred doesn't want to talk about this anymore. And Illyria says that now she's going to send them back home because now that she's had a quick nap. Angel can't hijack time stream anymore. So she sends them back to Dublin. And then I actually thought it was funny. Angel's like, well, Dublin is so well preserved. I have no idea what time we're actually in. And then a big fire truck goes by. Yeah. But I enjoyed that part about Dublin. And Illyria has brought them back seconds before they were supposed to have gone on this time traveling adventure. And there's a million emergency vehicles going by. Yeah. Helicopters in the air, police cars, ambulances, everything. And then they step out into the street only to see another version of Angel and Fred because apparently the timeline has changed and now there's another version of Angel and Fred walking around. Having a different conversation. My problem with this is, as we get to the end of the story, this is never resolved. We never see them again. We don't think they actually time travel. So there's just an alternate version of Angel and Fred walking around now. Yeah, it's... In the universe. There's now two of them. Right. Okay, so here's the problem with a lot of things. But with time travel has enough paradoxes as it is, but you need some sort of ending to the time travel so that it makes sense. So you have some sort of closure on the other end. Like, you can't just have two versions forever, but yet... That actually happens quite a bit in things I've seen. But it doesn't work very well. No, like, it doesn't... It doesn't it... So then Illyria gets really upset. She's like, I've ruined the timeline. I can't do anything right. Who are we dealing with here? Yeah, so she throws a little tantrum, and then she disappears. It turns and she's like, I'm not Fred. coming back. Yeah, she just says goodbye forever, like a child. And yeah. turns into Fred. Meanwhile, Fred is still in her pirate clothes. Yeah, and... Fred walks away from Angel. She's like, I don't want to deal with you right now. Which is fair. Only for them to be attacked by the poltergeist that they were trying to destroy before, which, remember, were apparently trying to break in from another dimension, which is a big deal, except now the poltergeists just run away. Yeah, and they were like, that's weird, because the poltergeist should be connected to the location. Yeah. But then I thought we established, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I thought we established at the beginning of the last episode that they weren't actually poltergeists because they weren't reacting like, like, anyway, it doesn't really matter. But whatever these sheep, black sheep things are, they're not, they're running away. So Angel and Fred run to the hotel in Dublin, which is also back standing now, so... Good, I guess. Yeah, that two pages was meaningless. And we see that the little demony flower that they just should have plucked in the first place, I guess, is now giant Audrey 2, and it has three heads and tentacles and fangs and big tongues, and they're attacking all of the civilians. Angel and Fred attack, you know, the giant plant. I'm just gonna call it Audrey 2. Okay, I hope you guys know what that is. If you don't, Google it. You can find out. But the more they attack it, the bigger it seems to get, and... Fred says some weird dialogue. She's like, oh, you've walked by the same spot as Liam and Jealous and now Angel. It's like a mirror and sometimes mirrors crack. And It's like reality is like a mirror and it's going to crack. And just as she's about to say crack, there's a giant onomatopoeia crack and the ground opens up. And Audrey too falls into a giant hole. So I guess, you know, Problem it's, solved. It, it's gone forever. Only for the next page, it's back. And with it, it now has all of the beetles. Yes. So I guess it climbed out of the hole again. We don't see that happen. I don't know why it went in the hole in the first place, or why this is a mirror, or why any of this matters. But Fred starts to put civilians into police cars to keep them safe from the bugs. I guess we're not really worried about the bugs, because they're everywhere, but whatever. And do nothing. Yeah, and 
So Angel and Fred are now trying to fight the giant plant. Audrey 2. Audrey 2, single-handedly. But it keeps getting bigger. Maybe this is going to be like the alternate ending to um, Little Shop of Horrors. That would be so much better. (laughs) Where they take over the world? Well, it would just be so much better if, like, there was some connection to something. Yeah, anything is going to be better than this. So we go into our final issue. Called Dark Reflection Part 4. We didn't ever mention what it was called. Who the hell cares? It's called Dark Reflections. Like the mirror that is reality. Yeah. That cracked. Anyway, so we're still trying to fight the thingy. And somehow we picked up an axe, which is helpful. But whenever you cut off the tentacled heads, they just come back again. So that's not good. Fred is cut loose because she was being held. And Audrey 2 tries to grab her and pull her back and grabs Fred's suspenders from her pirating days. They snap, and they pull the suspenders into one of the mouths, only for the mouth to turn into ash and explode. And Fred just goes, huh. I guess Angel does too. They both just go, huh. And they quickly figure out the the reason that this creature is so big is because they've been carrying things from the past. They both empty out their pockets, which are full of hay. Which helps, so they, like, throw the hay (laughs) at at the creature, and then as... Audrey, too, is hit with the hay. Those pieces turn into ash or dust. And then Fred strips naked in the middle of the street. Because her clothes are... Old-timey clothes. Yeah. And then Illyria comes back because Fred is modest. I was actually glad for that. Good call, everybody. That one made me smile. And she's like, I know I said that I was gone forever, but I'm back. Surprise. Yeah, she's like, I can't control when I come back when Fred needs me. So they throw all of their clothes. Angel had to throw his coat in there because there was so much hay in it. Yeah. What about his pants? Wouldn't that be the same thing? Anyway, I'm glad Angel didn't lose his pants. So whatever, I'm not going to deal with that. He already did earlier in this arc. It's true. And so they're throwing things and there's still one head left and they're like, what else could it be? And Angel's like, no, I can't give up this last piece of Kathy too. It's the ring from Kathy. Damn it, Kathy. And and Illyria has to give him a pep talk about how grief and grieving can be with us, but... Kathy's been dead forever. You have to save the people now. Right, and that he's not going to lose Kathy by giving up her ring, and he can still grieve her memory. And this takes three pages for him to throw the ring away. Yeah, eventually chucks Very, it into the mouth, and like, the plan explodes. Yeah, and the husk. And everything's resolved. Kind of. It's still a mess. Yeah, except for all the destruction that this plan did. And they're like, everything was a mistake. Yeah, but they decide that, you know, things are fine and they shouldn't worry about the sex they had. And they can deal with it later, I guess. And then Illyria turns back into Fred. Fred now has new clothes, so that's a fun new power is picked up. Yeah, she got Fred clothes somewhere. Illyria just has a very convenient power. Clothes making. Yeah. And they decide that they're still going to be friends. And Fred and Illyria are going to work together. And they both tell Angel not to be guilty. And he's like, it's so weird that you both said that. And Fred's like, no, we don't disagree about everything. And they walk off, not into the sunset, more into the sunrise. And they have to go get a hotel so Angel doesn't, you know, turn into dust. And maybe these two should stop sleeping together. Okay, and then um, this I actually did enjoy. So did I. They show their shadows on a wall. Which, if there are shadows, it means that Angel should be burning. But whatever. Well, we can also see the light source. The light source is coming from the front of them, but somehow there's shadows. Whatever. I'm not really worried. So we see Angel's humanoid shadow, and then we see that 
Fred Shadow is actually Tentacle Deliria, which brought me joy. Yeah. Okay, so that's the end of it. What? Ha- oh, boy. So first things first. I guess last things first. That moment when they're like, we need to go get a hotel would have been a great moment to bring up something like maybe separate rooms. Like, yeah. like let's make oh, a little joke out of this. <laughs> that's your problem with it. I have a different problem. Oh, no, there's a lot of problems. But that was like the smallest thing that I was like, okay, this would have made me be a little bit more on board for at least their reconciliation process to be like, but maybe separate rooms this so, time. Like, ha ha ha. This is only my second time reading this. So I was like, maybe it will all flow together better once I kind of get to lay it all out and go like, okay, it didn't feel as disjointed as I thought it did, but it's actually worse now that I've read it all together. The season started with Angel having a vision from someone. Somewhere. <laughs> yeah. That these things were going to happen. There was already this little flower outside. These poltergeist things were trying to come through, which is totally abandoned. And then Illyrius says that there's a rift happening and they have to go back in time to fix it. But if they had never gone back in time in the first place, nothing ever would have fallen apart. Right. So when you, when I finished reading this, you asked me what the beginning of this arc, what the beginning of this season was. Why did they go time traveling in the first place? And I said, I have zero idea. And here's the other thing that I don't understand. It seems that the flower is connected to temporal irregularities, right? That's what, but they that's what killed, it. right, exactly. Ugh. Okay, so that's what killed the giant flower at the end was removing the temporal irregularities. But yet the flower exists at the very beginning before they've done anything. You know it's a temporal irregularity? There's another angel and Fred walking around. Right? This is impossibly dumb. So here's the thing. It just makes me sad because last season's angel was really good. Yeah. The season before that's angel was really good. Buffy was really good. And it's like, we just had, this doesn't feel tied to anything. No, this. This feels like how reading some of the one shots felt in season eight that were just kind of unconnected to everything else. And you're like, well, I guess. This is and then storytelling. And then, and then, and then, and then, and none of it matters and none of it connects. And it's. I really don't like to say it, but it's kind of all bad. I liked that last bit with the shadows at the end. Yeah, great. Of Bye. these six issues that we read, that's honestly the only thing I liked. Like, at least the last one, I poked a couple of things. I'm like, oh, that's okay. That's okay. This one, it's literally, I like a shadow. I feel like they tried to take the Fred-Illyria relationship and explore that a little bit more, which I would have been totally on board for, but I don't just want to do it with just Angel, and also doing it through time travel doesn't make any sense to me, and the fact that we don't- this felt so floaty, like it was not tied to any sort of backstory or any sort of- I couldn't feel where this was going. I didn't like that- I liked that our two books were more or less connected last season and the season before. Even the season before that, they all- they keep intertwining, even if they just mention each other or mention the things that are going on. But like, for Angel to not care at all that Buffy and Spike and all those guys are in internment camps and that they're being held <laughs> against their will, that. That, that feels wrong to me. Well, we don't know when this need... took place because this technically no only care. takes place over like 10 minutes. That's true, I guess. But I don't, I don't know. It just, I don't know. We didn't really deal with it because you may have noticed from our summing up that we just kind of skimmed some of the pages. And part of the reason for that is the writing in this is incredibly awkward. It's like it was written by someone who's never had a normal conversation. Okay. That's very stilted. What it more felt like to me was somebody said, we have to write an angel story. And they went around the table and everybody was like, got nothing, got nothing. 
Got nothing. I would have been totally on board with tying Angel into the Buffy story. The Buffy storyline was rich enough that you could have done an Angel tied in bit where Angel was doing something on the other end or Angel was working with Riley or, you know, something about that. Or Angel was working with Magic Town to make sure that didn't happen in England or... The sales on this are also just non-existent. Like, I feel like there has to be some repercussion that happens from this. Like, this book was only selling couple thousand copies i didn't look at i didn't look at the end numbers but i know like kind of towards the latter half of the season i was looking at it i think it was under five thousand total in the u.s and keep in mind those numbers for sales are the number that shops actually ordered not the amount that actually sold to customers this was only read by a handful of people i hope it's come across from this year we've done this for a year this year that we have talked to you guys that we like this stuff and we like to praise it and we don't mind poking fun at it a little bit when it goes a little goofy i don't think that we've ever actually read anything before the high school years (sighs) yeah yeah but even they're not great but even so they're at least tied to other things so it's like oh yeah the nostalgia gets me through at least part of it like oh that was kind of fun to see buffy back there and like oh yeah remember when xander was that much of a goofball in high school and And remember two eyes weird and like i i can be a little bit more forgiving of that well i don't have a lot of interest in it i can be more forgiving of it this just feels like they didn't know what to do and instead of i don't know finding somebody who had a good story or instead of trying to build off of something that was already there they were just like yeah so let's send fred and Illyria off to go do things aside from the high school years which i don't recommend but this is really the first thing we've had kind of post shows that i kind of have to say just don't read this this isn't good okay here's its one saving grace it doesn't really affect anything else and granted there's nothing there's been nothing after it so it can't do that but it's not tied into anything it doesn't finish off any other story so that's my fear you can just ignore it as of right now nothing has been officially announced the sales for this book were so terrible because it's such a bad book my fear is that it killed angel okay but i don't there's nothing to back that up yet but that is if it killed angel that would free up angel and fred to go back to the buffy book and then fred and spike could be together again and then all of your friends would be together because you like it when everybody's together walking in a line going to fight things yeah but that would also mean like the definite end like we would never see connor and gun again that's not necessarily true probably but yeah this i don't know this isn't a good season and it's kind of sad to be like you know what bad writing bad art bad season it's a yeah whatever i kind of wish this wasn't our last episode for this stuff I know, but... It's weird to go out on that note. But on the pleasant side, um, the Giles miniseries should be coming out soon. Yeah, I think maybe by the time this gets released, I might have issue one of that. So, not that we'll be there to talk to you guys about it when it comes out issue by issue. Okay, not that we're going to talk to you guys about it issue by issue, but... It's something coming, It's something coming. We're not definitively ending on this. And it's some. I think Joss co-plotted it. It's a new writer to the world. I think a new artist to it. I have to double check. But yeah. Yeah. Sorry to kind of end, end on, on a downer. Yeah. Well, it's not the end. Um, so you know what? Go back and reread Buffy. Yeah. Always a good time. Yeah. We'll be back next week to do a retrospective on the entire thing and then kind of announce what's coming next because there is still more after this. Yeah. But where can you find us? Editorsnocomics.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you want to get the show a whole week early, uh, patreon.com slash editorsnocomics. 
it's just a buck a month and yes there is still more coming so it's still gonna be relevant and i forget what else i'm not plugging itunes rate review subscribe if you can just click whatever star rating or throw a review our way anything's appreciated the more we get the more visible we become and now that we've kind of done everything it would be nice if people could kind of like retroactively yeah relive the entire experience of all the con- <laughs> i don't know if like if you haven't been reading them or whatever or you have just to find them you, you know what i mean well, but, we'll be back next week yeah sorry next week is gonna be a lot more positive i promise i know i and tried I po- to find some positivity in there i really did like that shadow <laughs> We'll be back and to talk about everything as a whole. Bye. Retrospective. Bye. I like that word. Bye.